What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Vina Love over Zoom video. Her father comes from a very, very musical family. Her father is DJ Kid Capri. So it was really cool to kind of hear her story about growing up with this legendary DJ that's worked with some of the biggest artists in the world. But Vina was born and raised in Harlem in New York. And when she was growing up was kind of the peak of her father's career. So he was on the road a lot. So she was really raised by her mom and her grandma. She talked about being put in dance at a very early age. She said she started dancing when she was two years old. When she was 11, that's when she realized that she could sing. Well, she didn't really realize that she just started singing. And both her grandma and mom were like, oh my gosh, you can, you can sing. And she ended up going to an arts high school. She talks about that experience what it was like going to high school having a famous father and you know being in a public high school also her journey in music when she started writing songs and putting music out she's done all of this independently and hasn't used the resources available to her as far as like you know going to her dad and being like oh hand this to a label or whatever uh she's done this all by herself she owns a record label she talked about that and we hear all about her album that she's been working on and her most recent release, which is a song called All That Cash. You can watch our interview with Vina on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Vina Love. Hi, Vina. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate you doing this. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, I'm Adam, and this is about you and uh, your journey in music, and we'll talk about the uh, the new song that you have out. Let's do it. Cool. Um, I always started off with Born and Raised. You're from Harlem, correct? Is that what I yeah. saw? Mm-hmm. What was it like growing up in Harlem? Tell me a little bit about that. It was actually really fun. <laughs> it's really um, community based, really family, really family based. And, you know, no matter where you go, most likely, you know, someone else or they're your family members. So it's just a <clears throat> growing up. It was just like I was around a bunch of kids no matter where I went. And, um, you know, Harlem really influenced like my fashion, my attitude, my lingo, um, everything I eat. So I'm really a product of my environment i'm literally like a harlem princess for real so i love (laughs) that's so cool and obviously you come from a a very musical household with uh your dad uh Mm -hmm. being kid capri and how amazing is that but um i'm curious like growing up was that were you getting a lot of your musical influences and knowledge and everything directly from your dad um my dad was actually spent a lot of time on tour when i was a kid like oh yeah that makes sense really they don't really think of like the timeline of when i was born and where he was in his career i was born in 1996 so it's like he was like in his prime oh yeah yeah. i was gonna say he that was when he was peaking i'm sure (laughs) like in his like you know so by the time i was like six or seven years old he's on tour for like six months he's just coming home for like a month so i knew who my dad was and i knew who 
Art Rakim was, LL Cool J. Um, like I knew who all these people were because I always saw the tour bus. Everybody always came to the house. I just never knew who they were to music. Mm. So with my dad being on tour and everything, and I'm getting a little older, my mom and my grandma really influenced like hip hop and just R&B and just the 60s and all of that. They just influenced all of that into me and instilled all of that into me. And then I got to a certain age where I was like, oh, I know who these people are now. I see what they really do. Like, I see why there's a tour bus. So um, without my dad being around so often, my mom and my grandma definitely, like, you know, kept the music alive in me. I love that. With, um, you know, do you remember the moment that kind of clicked? Like, oh, wow. Like, I know, I, as a kid, I remember seeing the tour bus or I met these people when I was growing up. And now I, it's all kind of coming together. Like, this is their records and this is what they do. I had two moments. So my first moment, I was seven years old. It was my birthday. And my dad had to perform at Radio City Musical. And I remember what I wore and everything. I had like the zebra dress on, red boots. Like I remember. And he, um, as he was DJing, I just ran on stage and started dancing. And to see the amount of love that he received from it, see the amount of love that I received from it, it was like, oh, you're really like, him for real and everybody's just so proud of you and they just love you so much and now they love me so much and then when I got older when I started to do my own shows when I started to go on my own tours and the amount of respect people have for my dad it just let me know like oh this is what you've been doing my whole life this is why you were away this is what you were you know trying to gain as I was growing up so that whatever I decided to do in my life nobody could say like oh your dad was terrible we hate your dad we don't like you so it's it's been a journey, but I'm an adult now and I definitely appreciate everything my dad's done. Yeah, amazing. Um, as far as like music goes, did you start off like uh, on piano or were you put into any sort of music lessons or anything like that early on? I was actually not a music kid. I was a dance kid. Oh, um, is that right? Yeah, I started dancing at two. Um, oh, my gosh. Then ballet, jazz, so tap. Wait, real quick. So two years old, you were dancing, like basically right when you learned how to walk. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I have a seven year old. I can remember when he was two and getting thinking about him dancing like that's <laughs> where I'm from. It's easy to get, you know, wrapped into what your cousins are doing, always hanging out outside, getting into trouble and things like that. So I feel like my mom and my and then there's so many of us and then I'm the baby and I'm the girl. Mm-hmm. So I feel mom and my grandma were just like let's start her early like get her into something right now so she can fall in love with it if she don't like that we move on go to something else so they went from dancing to gymnastics to dancing gymnastics and I really really fell in love with dance I think I really really fell in love with the whole aspect of performing mm-hmm. and yeah I just remember being that young and growing up and that's all I did was dance and then when I got to high school I started that's when I realized I could sing and I can act. So I started oh. singing and acting. And then um, I was also going to John Jay at the time because I wanted to go to school for law. But wow. then when I graduated, I was like, all right, I don't want to do law. I don't want to go to school right now. I need a year off. And I took a year off, but I went back to college for music, dancing and singing. And then I left that too. And I just became a full-time singer. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been like, you know, bubbling up inside of me because of all the dance and all the music and performing. But once I realized that I could sing too, it was just like, yeah, let's go all the way with it. Right. I mean, at what point, I mean, what, as much as I've spoke with so many other musicians that have attended like 
Berkeley or NYU or whatever, you know, going to these these prestigious music schools. It's like they can't really teach you how to to yeah. write a hit or it, it would be so easy to just go, OK, I'm going to go to school, learn how to do that and then do it. It's like and I went to college Broadway. So I was oh, interesting. Speech therapy. I was like learning how to sing from my toes. I was I was <laughs> learning like the actual which was a beautiful thing because sure. Learn things that other people in the industry don't really understand about performing. Uh-huh. So it was a beautiful thing. I gained a lot of tools. I learned what standards are. I like I learned so many things. But like you said, there are certain things that can't be taught. There's certain things that you just have to have. And being in a school where I felt like everything was so taught and so robot, I was just like, yeah, like this is not me. Like mm-hmm. the college is wonderful, but. I just didn't see myself graduating. And I'm not going to say I didn't see myself graduating. I just didn't see myself spending all of that time in that school when I could have spent that time doing what I just did with my career. So right. I, I guess it works for different people. And, you know. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, once you learn kind of the the basics or the fundamentals of, like you said, you know, learning how to sing a certain way, technique, these things. And it's like, okay, well, now I got to go put them into practice because... I, you know, there's, they're not going to teach me, like I said, how to write a hit song, or they're not going to be like, this is the formula. Just go do this when you're done. This uh, company will hire you and you're going to write a hit. Frowning upon the R&B girls. Okay. They was, (laughs) everything is so like, you know, so it was like, here's this R&B girl and I'm, my throat, my voice is shaking. And it's just like, where is she getting all of this from? And it's like, like to them, I was a choir girl. Uh, Okay. Opera singers. So it's like, you trying to still fit in, like, even though it's just still music, you're still trying to find a way to fit in with the voice that you have. And I was just realizing, like, my voice isn't fitting in with everyone. When we're singing all together, you hear me and I don't sound like everybody else. But it was just so many things on a day to day basis that I was just like, yeah, like, this is not for me. It's not that school wasn't for me. That school wasn't. for me. So. Right, right, right. No, that makes sense. You said that you were what in high schools when you started singing yes. and when you what? probably a before that yeah probably like i probably started singing when i was 11 i got to high school 13 14 okay and when you like discovered that you could sing was that something that you were like oh wow like or you know where did your mom or your grandma go well she you know she can not only dance but she can sing let's put her in some lessons or let's have or were you the one being like i want to do this now my grandma she was really excited like (laughs) The dancer, she had me like auditioning for The Lion King on Broadway, things like that. So I always had Broadway in me. It's always been in my life. But um, I remember this one audition. She wanted me to sing Alicia Keys. And it seemed like once I realized I could sing, because also, too, realizing things in my household wasn't a privacy thing. You didn't realize in privacy. You realized in front of <laughs> So it seemed like everybody was excited that I could sing before I was excited. I didn't really understand how, like, you know, how much of an accomplishment that really is or how right. talent that really takes. But yeah, when I realized I could sing, my whole family was like, oh, yes, yes, sing here, sing at the graduations, the birthdays, the funerals, everywhere, everywhere. So my grandma had me learn Alicia Keys, no one. And she just was taking me to auditions, auditions, auditions. And I remember there was one audition that we went to. And I didn't, I didn't make the cut. And she had took me to like American Dream Doll or something like that. And she bought me a doll that supposedly sings. 
She was like, now, the funny thing about it is that you'll never actually hear this doll sing. But you, on the other hand, you're just like a doll and you will always sing. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to always sing. I'm going to be alive forever, just like this doll. And I'm going to sing for real since the doll can't sing. And it just always put in my mind, like, you're a singer. And that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Such a small memory, but as an adult, it's just like, it still carries. It still holds a lot of weight. Yeah, that's beautiful. Did you keep the doll? Do you still have the doll? No, she does. <laughs> oh, she kept it. <laughs> well, at least you know where it is, right? <laughs> Safekeeping. Um, well, going through music, I, I I saw another interview with you, and you said you went to like a you went to a performing arts high school, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Was that I something was- that you had to like audition to get into, or was it like probably yeah. you had been on a bunch of auditions prior to that? I imagine. Yes. It's so crazy because going to school in New York is very like when it comes to the arts or when it comes to fashion, everything is so like tight and you have to, it's only certain places you can fit into. So Mm -hmm. there's only a certain amount of schools to really choose from for performer arts and for the kind of performer arts that you're into. So I had applied an audition for every performer arts school in New York City. (laughs) Um, I got into none of them. Literally. Gosh. I got into I got into one school which was called Manhattan Theater Lab, and ironically, it was a small school inside of a really big school that my mom and my aunts and my uncles went to when they were in high school. So I ended oh, up wow. as my aunts, my mom, and my uncles. But it was the best decision. I, it was the best thing that could have happened for me. For me to not get into any of the schools I auditioned for, but to get into this one school before I even auditioned. It was just like, yeah. And it was the lowest, like, graded school. Like, it was, like, probably one of the worst schools in New York. However, it was filled with so many talented people. Like, so many people that you couldn't find in those other schools because they would have been crowded by all these other people. Like, it was, it was like a school full of hidden gems. Like, we were meant to just become this one small school. And it changed my life. Like, it let me know that I was... I didn't have to just be a singer and mm-hmm. have to be a dancer. I could do everything. And I met so many people, even to this day, they're all successful. I can't think of anybody that went to my school that isn't actually successful coming from one of the lowest graded schools in New York. The one, one of the lowest graded performing arts schools in New York. So, and then we're, we were right across the street from LaGuardia performing arts. So we were like, oh, wow. yeah, we were in like competi- competition every single day. Yeah. But, all made it through and we're, we're all doing pretty well for ourselves so shout out to my high school it doesn't exist anymore because we got phased out but shout out to my school that's incredible um when what about like songwriting when did you start putting together mm-hmm. your own music and writing your own songs so shout out to my grandma again because she's a big <laughs> <laughs> my grandma loves poetry and she used to always buy me these little poetry books like um like real small, skinny little books. And they just got a bunch of stanzas in them with different stories. And she would make me write my own poems. When I realized I could sing, I would just take the poems and sing them. So I was like, oh, okay. Eventually I realized that that was songwriting. Once mm-hmm. I realized songwriting, I just kept doing that. Eventually I realized I had a voice in rapping. I had a voice in spoken word. I had a voice in singing. So it was just... It was that one little thing that just sprouted and I was able to explore in that field. So poetry is the reason I know how to songwrite. Wow. Do you remember or was there a moment like 
when you had a song done or something for like presenting that to your dad and being like, look, I'm, I'm doing this as well. You heard on something? I never like presented something to my dad. Like okay. I like did me and like whenever he saw it, we'll talk about it. Like, hey, I saw your video the other day. Yeah. What'd you oh. think, dad? How'd you feel about it? Because it's like, you know, I, I've, all the stories I hear about my dad, he did it on his own. He did everything right. without help. He did everything just, you know, figuring it out. So I feel like for me, what better way to to prove myself than to just go out and do it and make the best of it, do it the way I want to do it, do it the way it feels right in my soul. And, um, you know, just make the decisions for myself. So for my dad, it was just like, he saw it when he saw it. And okay. <laughs> we just went from there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, your dad is a, a, not only a legend, but he, what he built and uh, did, he was the first person doing mm-hmm. a lot of things as far as when it came to DJing. And it's yeah. like, so I don't think like he doesn't understand the how big it is for me to really do it, do it without mm-hmm. asking for help. Like I want to be in a position where I really put myself where I want to be at and then collaborate with my dad. But mm-hmm. I want to have my own journey too. I want to have my own story too. I don't want it to be because of anyone, whether it's my dad or anyone. I want it to be because I worked hard for it. So it's just it's a battle. Like we bump heads every now and then. Cause it's like, I'm your dad. I'm your tool. Use. And it's like on some occasions, some occasions I won't have any choice, but to use you because you're my dad, no matter what, it's not a secret. Right. But in certain areas, I have to do a lot of things on my own and you just got to see it when you see it, dad. Mm-hmm. I like that. And, and I bet you, or I'm sure you've gotten over the course of years, people giving you flack, like, Oh, you're only doing this. Like, yeah. you know, probably throwing the, fact that your dad is is who he is at you being like oh you you know but you actually can come back and say no like this mm-hmm. is this is real like this is how i did i did this myself yeah and, and it, I, i'm sorry I'm i was sorry. just gonna say was that like uh that must have been a, a big challenge growing up especially with yeah. you know having his success and people did you get that from people like oh you know well you're it's because your dad's doing this or whatever like is that something you had to deal with it's so crazy because even when I was doing nothing, like people just threw my dad's name in it. Like, first of all, I had to understand how confusing it may have been for everybody on the outside looking in. I'm growing up in Harlem. I'm growing up. I go to school. I go to public school. Mm-hmm. And every that my dad's kick a break. So everybody's mind is already like, why is she here? Like, she's not like us. She's not like she's oh, not right. like. My dad's on tour. Like at the end of the day, my mom's raising me. I'm well cared for. Like I have a family, but I always dealt with that part of it. Like, oh, she thinks she's too good, but how could I be too good if I'm sitting right here with y'all? So that was the first amount of pressure from my dad being kick free. But then it became like when people realized I could sing and I was actually trying to go into the industry, people would do that. Like oh, you're just here because of your dad. Like, oh, he got you in this situation. Oh, he's... And then I would have to literally prove myself, sing, for people to understand, like, no. Like, I am I really can sing. I'm really here. I, I do have manners. I know how to present myself. I know how to look right. This is really me. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of questions people had when it came to me and my dad. But I think now... There isn't much to ask because we're pretty much open books, like, and I'm an adult now, so it's not really much to, you know, hide or keep a secret. Right. 
I'm, I think people will kind of get it now. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they do. I just was just curious about early on, you know, having I've interviewed other artists who have had famous parents or musician parents and there's similar thing. Like, you know, like this isn't about what like I didn't just say, hey, dad, like here's us make a song for me and then go give it to somebody that's you know high up at a label or whatever. Like you're like, no, this is I did this on my own. And just because you had that, he wouldn't it's still going to come down to people caring, like just because they're a fan of Kid Capri doesn't mean that they're going to be like, oh, you know, oh, he just championed his daughter's record. I'm going to be a huge fan. Like you're going to have to build your own fan base anyway. Anyway. And like that's that's just how it is. And, and, and you've done that. Right. People forget, like people have to actually like this song. Right, exactly. Hello, Fresh. Bringing it backwards, listeners know how much my family and I absolutely love Hello, Fresh. We love the pre portioned ingredients, the seasonal recipes. They have such good food. And of course, the fact that they deliver it right to my doorstep. Skip the grocery store. Hello, Fresh makes home cooking so easy. With Hello, Fresh, we have more free time, which is essential during the summer with the kids home from school and camps and uh, all the the vacations, everything going on, people coming to visit, just planning the meal, trying to figure out what we're going to have for dinner is (laughs) just one less thing I have to worry about with HelloFresh. They take care of the meal planning, no trips to the grocery store. They deliver the ingredients. Everything I need arrives right to my doorstep. It's the peak of summer, which also means peak time for summer produce. And HelloFresh, make sure you get all of the best picks all season long. Their ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in less than seven days. The other night I made the Arthur Avenue Pork Sausage and Pepper Heroes. Had melty mozzarella and garlic potato wedges. It was so good. Italian pork sausage, mixed in some tomato paste, Italian seasoning, cut up some onions, some long green peppers. A little garlic butter on the baguette with a side of those garlic potato wedges. My family absolutely loved it. So easy. All the ingredients right there for me. No wasted food. Step-by-step instructions. I had the entire meal cooked in 30 minutes. It would have took me 30 minutes or more just to try to figure out what I was going to make for dinner that night. Again, we love HelloFresh. And right now, bringing it backwards, listeners, will get 50% off plus free shipping. You go to HelloFresh.com slash Backwards50 and use the code Backwards50 for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com slash Backwards50 and use the code Backwards50 for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com slash Backwards50, 50% off plus free shipping with the code Backwards50. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. People forget, like, people have to actually like the song. Like, it's <laughs> right, exactly. Like, I have to like the song. So it's just, it's just, it comes with the world and gossip and just people just, I don't know. It's just all over the place. But I, I'm just, I'm thankful that my dad is who he is in himself. He carries himself the way he does. And same thing on my end. So no matter what people think or say, we can always if we want to talk about it, we can. If we choose not to talk about it, we know how to do it gracefully without making anybody. It's just good to be raised right, you know? <laughs> oh, of course, of course. And it seems like you've had that 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 uh, pleasure to 
to be raised right and and it's amazing to have such supportive family and that sounds like your mom and your uncles even went to performing our school as well so it's like uh, it's in the blood yeah no it's so crazy when my mom and uncles were going it wasn't a performer art school it was one big school oh interesting it was just it was crazy when they were going it was just regular school my mom my mom she's like really into fashion and just like making things go right how they supposed to go like that's my mom's world but um my mom don't like to sing and she don't like to dance (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny what was it like putting out your first song being like okay this is this is me this is my artist project well my first song i ever put out was called if i told you so prior to um me fully being being a love before my dad even knew that i was really an artist for real in my neighborhood all my friends knew i could sing like like i said everybody else was more excited that i could sing than i was Mm -hmm. so one of my friends he was a rapper and um he was recording out of another one of our friends out of the closet um where we're from we have housing which is the projects so like the projects everybody live in the project so mm-hmm. no was in this one place and they had this one apartment in the projects where they recorded um all their songs at and the booth was in the closet so he was like yo i have this song i really want you to do it it was my my first time really like you know recording something i really wanted to record and i went in that little um closet and we made this song and it was like the biggest thing to our neighborhood like it was just like it was my first viral moment before viral was even a thing (laughs) right i'm older so the viral thing like what it is now that's not what it was in i'm old too i'm older than you i'm (laughs) sure You know what? 2013 viral is different than this kind of viral. Oh, so yeah. Viral back then, it was like, all right, like, all right. So the song did what it needed to do. It was a beautiful, it was a beautiful thing. It was great. And then um, from there, I just kept trying to find ways to do that. Like, mm-hmm. not spend so much money. I didn't even really know what it meant to book a studio session. Like, I didn't really understand all of those things but that was like the first moment where i was like oh yeah i'm gonna do this like i really like this did that answer your question no it's 100 percent. yeah and <laughs> what was then what was it like once you got to the big studio was that a, a different uh feeling or was it like were you nervous or anxious like oh wow this is different than the closet thing that i was recording in but both of those the the my second well my first time recording in a real studio i was in delaware me and my mom had drove all the way to Delaware to uh, record this song and it was in a real studio. And I didn't know that the way you sound like this, you don't sound in a mic in headphones. Oh, right. Yeah. Total different person. <laughs> so you have to learn your levels, learn. I didn't know nothing about pitch correct or plugins. Like I didn't know any of those things. So I was just singing raw into a mic, hating how it sounded. So I just stopped recording. Like, I was just like, I don't like this. I, I'm just going to go to school. I don't want to oh, do it. Wow. Doesn't make sense. But then I got back home and I really just started. Like, I had a friend of mine, his name is Henny, and he had a studio in his home, but it was like a real, real studio. But he was really teaching me like, yo, this is what you want to sound like. You don't really use auto-tune, but you use a little bit of pitch correct. You use. He was letting me know my terms, like what I like. So whenever I went to the studio, flick a couple things on, started singing and then it's like oh okay yeah this makes sense now now i sound like myself so it was really a long journey over a couple years trying to figure out how i'm supposed to sound in the studio so once i got the hang of it you can't tell me nothing in the studio 
You can't. <laughs> I don't want just <laughs> just let me do what I need to do. Let me get all of it out, and then let's talk, and then let's you know figure out how we can make this better. But for the most part, I'm really, really, really hands on in the studio, and even on the producing end, on the engineering end, sonically, like I'm really big on sound. So it's it's been a journey, but we're yeah. here. <laughs> very, very cool. I watched an interview with you and you had just released um, NFS and you were talking about video and kind of like a concept for an EP, but that was in 2021. And then you've released a handful of songs since then. Um, is that still, I mean, I don't know if you want to even get into that. I mean, yes, it does still stand. And it's so crazy because that was like probably what, like two years ago, maybe. maybe yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was just clicking around, just doing some homework on you. And then I watched a minute of it. Something about man, uh, Marilyn Monroe. Uh... Yes, the Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, yes. that's what it was. Okay. So I have so I have two different projects I want to release. One is the Marilyn Monroe and the other is Love Talk. The Marilyn Monroe is more like an introduction to being in love. Like I'm from the hood, but I am bigger than this. Like mm-hmm. I I'm yes, I'm beautiful. Yes, we have the look. Yes, we have the image. But this is where I'm from and where I'm from. I'm all of that where I'm from. So I'm still a princess. I'm still in the busy hallways, but I'm a princess. (laughs) So it just it's an intro to understand how I speak, to understand my lingo, to understand what I mean when I say certain things, because um, a lot of things will say things on a computer and people take it out of context because they don't understand your tone. They don't understand who you are. So the hood Marilyn Monroe is really just for that. So you can understand the tone of my music and how I'm coming off when I'm coming off. Love Talk is the album album where you get to see me as an artist. Now okay. knowing, now you get to see me as an artist. Like, oh, I'm really versatile. I'm really into all these different sounds. And we could really talk about every aspect of love. Let's just be honest. Let's not only talk about how much we hate love. Let's not only talk about how much we love love. Let's talk about how confusing it is. Let's talk about sometimes we can't give it even when we want to. Sometimes we just don't know how to love or receive it. So it was really just about honesty within love. And my last name is love. So my whole life, just imagine going through your whole life with life just being life and always having to tell yourself, like, you know what? Your last name is love. Move with love. Only move with love. Don't move with hate. So this is what I've been doing going into an adult. And I'm finally about to be 27, which is amazing number. Seven is my number. And... (laughs) This is the time to really just come clean about how I feel about love, life, and just being me. I love that. Well, with it, um, so is all that cash going to be on this project, or do you have the project done, or where, where are you at as far as that goes? <laughs> so anybody that knows me knows that I've done my album over probably like four times because (laughs) I was such a perfectionist. Like I can't even, I'm laughing because I know how much I stress everybody out. So now that we're not in stress zone, it's actually funny because I know it just, (laughs) but again, I keep evolving. So it's just like certain songs. I just be like, all right, we could keep that, but let's put it on this kind of beat. Let's add this to it. Let's, so I'm constantly in that mode, but, um, I have so much music just, sitting so i'm gonna sell a lot of it i'm gonna release a lot of it later but all that cash um probably won't be on the album just because there's so much other music that needs those slots <laughs> okay that's exciting though so are you constantly in? are you working in the studio a lot or in writing a lot 
Yes. And I recently just got, um, I re- so I had Logic on my computer already, but I recently just got Pro Tools and like got all my plugins without having to pay millions and millions of dollars. Don't tell nobody, y'all. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm about to uh, figure out engineering on my own, recording myself, things of that sort, because traveling and always trying to find the engineer is so difficult. But um, I do have a new set of producers that I really, really love. They're young. They both just turned 20 years old. They're motivated, really like into what we're doing. So I feel like it's important to work with those kind of people. They're they're young and hungry. And um, I'm not trying to mold anybody creatively. I just want to mold them in a business sense, but I want them to be them creatively. I want them to reap all the benefits of their talent and all those kind of things. So I'm just really into forming a team right now. And I have my own record label. So team is everything to me right now because that's what we need to make this move forward. And um, I'm just excited to see when the project's over, I'm excited to see like what we solidified. Like, okay, yes, we're done now. Like right. have this song for 2016, we kept that song for 2018 and we got a new song for 2023 and yada, yada, yada. So I can't wait to see what it's going to be in full. Yeah. I'm excited to see it too. Um, I love that you, have younger producers because I feel like I mean obviously the the kids going growing up now that the TikTok thing blew up and like those content creators and all those people are coming up and it's like they're mm-hmm. obviously they're in the know and they're like they're hitting the pavement on what's happening and what is gonna you know be cool before it becomes cool to an older person like myself so it's like being able to tap into those younger younger producers I'm sure is super beneficial for you. Hundred percent, and you know too, like it's it's we're in a world of trend. Like everything is trend this, trend that. What are we gonna do to hit the next? Are we gonna be the next spicy thing? Are we gonna make the next song? Are we gonna? And I think you have to lead in a sense of like, do you like be aware of what's in the world? Be aware of what everyone likes. Be aware of all the trends and the fads, but do you what you like what you really enjoy what you're really into you have to polish that up and then you can incorporate all the things that the world likes that that's going viral that's but you have to solidify who you are first because you'll get lost in all those trends you'll be just doing trendy shit all day excuse my language oh you're allowed to cuss yeah i don't want you to feel like you will be doing things all day and you'll be pushing yourself to the side and all your beliefs and everything you like. So it's just a it's big for me to eat. Like we'll have days where I'm like, okay, y'all, no social media today. Huh. Like all day. And then by the time the day is over, each of them are sending me 10 beats. Like, yeah, this is and none of them sound like what's on TikTok. So this is what I mean, because at some point, those TikTok songs may not be the trend anymore. So we're just gonna be stuck in that world, like. But being that they're young, they're able to absorb what I'm saying. They don't want to back. They don't want to. They want to understand, like, you know what, V? Let me try that. Okay, cool. And then if they have an idea, they come to me. Yo, maybe we should try this. So it's the young minds, our youth. It's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And then if you're coming out trying to chase the trends, like they're already happening and they're going to be done by the time, you know, it's it's already, you want to be able to kind of pave your own path or be the trends starter, right? I mean, and to have the younger uh, generation in that moment, like those are the people that are creating the trends. It's not older people. (laughs) Um, 
So you do have your own record label. I just have a couple more questions for you. Thank you again so much for doing this. It's been a blast hanging out with you. Um, when it comes to your label, like, are you signing other people? Or are you like uh, scouting talent? Like, how does that work aside from putting out your own music? So for me right now at this moment, I'm, I want to be the Beyonce of my label. Okay. I hit where I need to hit so that anybody I give an opportunity to, I'm able to tell them the right thing. I don't want to just throw somebody in the same fire pit as me while I'm still trying to figure out how to put the fire out. Like, I just want to be able to give the right tools. I want to be able to give the right knowledge. I want to be able to say, look, I did this before. This is how you do X, Y, and Z. So I feel like I need to put myself on a certain plateau first before I start signing artists. However, mm -hmm. um, I am really big on signing like um, producers, videographers, photographers, like the core meaning of what a label is. Like I need all of those things first before I could bring an artist to the table. And that's really where I am right now, just building the label from scratch because we don't have a big machine behind us. We don't have nobody really teaching us how this goes. So we're just doing it on our own. And I feel like when it's like that, when it's authentic like that and it's from the heart like that, you don't have no choice but to really prosper for real. Like really, really do it. Cause it's just in my heart and it's in my mom's heart. And it's and it's I think what keeps me thriving with the I think what keeps me going with the label and really wanting it to be a big deal. I don't even care if we're the number one label on earth. I just want the people that signed to me, that people that signed to me, I want them to know it's about ownership. That's what I care about. It's nothing worse than making all this music, taking all these pictures, doing all these videos and saying all these things that you don't own none of it. It's like, that's, you might as well go to jail. Like, it's just, it, it don't make no sense to me. So I think, that's the one thing that's like, all right, label, 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 label. We gotta make it happen. We gotta make it big. We gotta do because I want other artists to understand they can own their music. You don't have to go the rest of your life. Somebody has hold of all your things. Like some of my favorite artists from Harlem, some of my favorite artists don't own their masters. Some of the biggest artists in the world to me don't own their masters. Um, it's people out here selling their masters for nothing that have made some of the best music on earth. So it's just it's a it's another way of going about this and i just want to be one of the people that could let everyone know that we could do things a different way i love that yeah look at taylor swift she has to go re-record all her albums because she doesn't own any of it you know what i'm saying so and then taylor swift is like one of the biggest yeah. artists on earth. like it's yeah. just it's insane how it works and i just i don't want to be that artist and i want the artists after me to understand they don't got to be like that either we can the music industry doesn't have to be the same music industry that it was all these years ago. We can change the narrative, but it's about what you're going to tell the truth about. And that's what people don't want you to know, the truth about how you can handle your own business, how you can make your own money. They don't want you to know the truth. So I'm going to tell you the truth. I like that. I like that. Thank you so much, Rina, for doing this. I appreciate your time today. This has been awesome. Thank chatting you, you uh, chatting with you. I want to have one more question before I let you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yes. Um, I will always say. You're going to hear it a lot. Like it sounds so cliche, but be when someone says be yourself is really just as simple as that. And as corny as that, you don't want to be known or judged for being anything that's not true. You don't even, you don't want somebody to say, oh, you're doing, ah, ah, ah. you'd be like, well, wait, that's not even me. I was just pretending because I wanted you to like me. That sounds crazy. Be yourself. 
in every room. If they like you because you're being you, cool. If they don't like you because you're being you, cool. You don't need them. Whoever's supposed to be around you will be around you. If you want to be in the music industry, understand it's, you can either be a one-hit wonder or you can go for longevity. One-hit wonder, just get on TikTok and make what everybody else is making. Do your thing. Or be the first to do something and, you know, go crazy for the rest of your life. But there's so many ways you could go about this. There isn't a rule book and you just have to lead with a good heart. You have to have an open mind. You have to be a nice person and you have to be willing to work hard. And you have to be yourself. And, you know, days will be hard. Um, your whole career is not going to be easy. You're going to have some really hard times. But when you really love something, you stick it out. So stick it out. And if you don't like it, go get a job. Don't let yourself fall under the cracks of the earth. Do what you have to do for yourself. Remain healthy hearted. Remain healthy minded. And love on everybody that loves you. That's my advice. <laughs>